Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world. He serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Word. Um, I'm Susanne. I'm one of the pastors here at Northwest Church. We're actually going to study 2 John today. If you listened in yesterday, um, Pastor Steve finished 1 John chapter 5. And um, so now we're looking at a new book today. And we're actually going to get right to it. Um, but let me start with prayer. Thank you that we have the privilege of studying your word, Lord. And your word is deep. It's rich. Um, it's a lamp unto our feet and a light on our path, Lord. And I just pray that as we study Second John, that Lord, that uh, that you would light up our path with it, Lord. That we can take some things with us, with us, learn from them, Lord. I pray that you would um, it would be you speaking through me, not me speaking, Lord. And um, so we just bless this time in your precious name, Amen. So what I want to do first is, um, it's actually first, uh, Second John is the shortest book in the Bible, so yay me, I only had to study 13 <laughs> verses, and um, second, uh, Third John is the second um, shortest book in the Bible, and um, because it's so short, we're actually going to read all verses um, before I get started. So here we go. The elder to the chosen lady and her children whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, for the sake of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father, now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh, this is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. Though I have many things to write to you, I do not want to do so with paper and ink. But I hope to come to you and speak face to face, so that your joy may be made full. The children of your chosen sister greet you. So this is Second um, John. And... Um, I'm doing what Pastor Ben is doing as well, what's called an inductive Bible study, and I always like to read the entire passage that I'm going to study, or maybe even the entire book or letter in one sitting, because what it does, it kind of gives you an overview of, of, of what you're reading and how things tie, tie together. 
And um, if you listen to the Daily Word last week when Pastor Ben um, started his introduction to the first letter of John, um, he talked about the author being John. Um, he mentioned that all three letters, letters were written by the Apostle John, same as the Gospel of John and Revelation. And that John was in his late 90s when he wrote the letters. Um, he had been exiled to the island of Patmos, and that's where he wrote the book of Revelation. And then he returned from exile and probably settled in Ephesus later in his life. And um, it is assumed that this book is written about AD 95. And um, as I mentioned before, it's the shortest book in the, in the New Testament. And um, from the first verse, we can, um, we can see that he actually doesn't mention his name. It just says, the elder. And um, the word elder comes from the Greek word presbyteros, which can be translated either, either as elder, would have been maybe a leader of a church, or also old man. And um, both would be um, the correct word for, for John. Um, but the fact that he doesn't mention his name um, shows us that whoever he was writing to knew him. They knew just by him saying from the elder, they knew who he was. And um, the recipient, it says, to the chosen lady. And here scholars differ on the opinion who the recipient really was. It either was actually a lady and her children, and maybe she had a home church um, um, in, in Asia Minor, but it could also have been, and um, most scholars feel that that's probably who it was written to, that it was actually written to a church. So the children would have been the, the, the believers in the church. And what kind of backs that up is at the end, um, John writes, the children of your chosen sister greet you. And um, that could just mean the greeting of one church to another. One group of believers is greeting um, this chosen lady here. Um, the fact that no city or name is mentioned um, for the recipient probably had to do with the fact that back then the church was being persecuted. And so if the letter on its way from John to, to the church it was intended for fell into the wrong hands, um, the believers could be in danger. And so that's probably why, why he didn't mention an actual name. So let's read verse 1. The elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, for the sake of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Now, one thing I like to do when I study a passage is I like to look for key words. And um, key words um, are words that either kind of stand out because they're unique, often they're repeated, maybe they're in contrast with, with each other. And what a key word does, it's very important to the passage or the book. If you took that word out, it would really take away from the meaning. And... Um, if you look at the first um, three verses here, one of the keywords that just stands out is truth. So it's mentioned four times here and then once again in the next sentence. And usually when an author repeats a word over and over, you kind of know that he's, he's trying um, to make a point. And the Greek word truth comes from aletheia. And um, it, um, in a couple of times here, it says the truth. It has the article in front of it, and sometimes it just says truth here. 
Um, but the question that comes up is what, what does he mean by truth? What is truth? And when we look at the whole letter, um, it is clear that John is addressing false teaching. That was mentioned last week as well. We'll talk about that a little bit more. And these false teachings were in opposite to the truth. So he makes a clear point. You know, I want you to stand on the truth. It's important what the truth is. And um, we can probably gather that there was some division in the church uh, because he says... Um, in the next sentence, I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. So um, some of those false teachings had probably entered the church, and um, some had gone astray and followed um, those, the doctrines of those false teachers. And so um, John is addressing that. And in verse 5, he says, Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandment. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. And so there's more keywords here. Um, one is commandment, mentioned three times, and one is love. And actually what I um, do, I'm going to have to show you here my, my first page, is I like to kind of mark all the keywords in different colors um, because then it becomes very clear. You can kind of count how many times it shows up and which, which words stand out. And um, what that's really useful is sometimes I like to do a word study on one word. Um, in this case, I kind of took the word commandment because it's mentioned several times and it's obviously important for um, what John is trying to say here. And uh, the word commandment is actually mentioned 67 times in the New Testament. And um, when you do a word study, it shows you not only how many times the word is used, but you can kind of look up some of those scriptures, and especially if the same author uses those words um, in, in, in other letters, or as John does in the Gospel of John and in some of his other letters, it kind of helps. And um, so it brought me to First John 2, verse 7, where it says, Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. And, um, and then he takes it uh, further in 1 John 3.23. This is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us. And so he's addressing the false teaching, you know, believing in Jesus Christ, who he was. Um, but then he is encouraging them that they need to love each other. And I think what happened in the church is because of the division that some maybe had fallen away, were following these wrong doctrines, um, there was strife. They were arguing, maybe fighting. And so John is reminding them, you know, your first commandment is um, to love each other. And um, He's obviously aware of the of the the, the teachings, and um, of the false teachings and, and the division. And um, when I did the word study, it also brought me to First John five verse three, which um, Steve mentioned briefly yesterday, Pastor Steve. And for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. And um, I kind of had to think about that. You know, he talks about the, what the commandment is, and I think. Um, as Christians, sometimes 
all the commandments can be very overwhelming. Don't do this, don't do that, be careful of that. And sometimes we focus on the commandment, um, on, on those commandments, like when I think of the Ten Commandments, don't steal, don't lie, don't have other idols, don't murder, um, you know, um, all of those. Um, it, it, it can seem very overwhelming, but when you think of the fact that he's saying, you know, remember that Jesus said our first commandment is to love the Lord our God and to love one another. And um, when love is your motive, really all, all these other commandments kind of come come naturally, right? If I truly love my neighbor, my, my sister, my brother, my friend, I'm not going to want to steal from them or, or wish them any harm or murder them or lie to them, right? If love is my motive, and if we love the Lord our God, if we love God, our first love, with everything that we have, we don't want to have other idols in our life. We don't want to worship anyone. He, he becomes first in our life. And um, I think that's what John is, is reminding them of in, in, in this very short letter um, that he was you know, either sending to a friend or, or, or to a church, just saying, you know, remember, remember love. <laughs> that's really the, the first commandment that Jesus gave you, and that's what you, what you need to follow and then um, he, he says for men in verse 7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. And again, you can see some key words. He mentions the word deceiver a couple times and, um, and antichrist. And then he highlights the false teachings, which was that they did not acknowledge that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. And um, really for all five verse, um, chapters that we studied in First John, all the different pastors that were walking you through those mentioned the false teachings that were going around during the time that um, John wrote, wrote these letters. And uh, the false teaching was called Gnosticism, and it was really a form of dualism. And the central teaching was that the spirit was good and matter was evil. And so salvation was really to escape from the body and not by faith, but by higher or special knowledge. So it wasn't for everyone. And that led to a wrong understanding of who Christ is. Um, his humanity was denied because if the flesh was bad, Jesus couldn't have come in the flesh. Um, or some believe that... Um, you know, Christ's spirit ascended onto Jesus during his baptism, but then left him before the crucifixion, which would kind of void what we believe, that Jesus died and, you know, then rose again. Um, and so, so these false teachings were still prevalent in, 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 even when he wrote the second letter. And so the truth that he's referring to, um, remember the key word in the, in the beginning where he keeps saying, you know, you walk in the truth. I've heard that some of you have, are still walking in the truth, is that Jesus Christ really is the Son of God and that he really did come in the flesh. And um, in 1 John 4, again, if, if we kind of refer to where he mentions this in, in, in other passages, it says, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And so this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that he is coming, and now it is already in the world. And so um, 
when he says this is the Antichrist and this is the, the uh, deceiver, it would be easy to interpret it as, you know, that they're saying this person who was doing the false teaching was the Antichrist. But because we're referring to other scriptures where John mentions this, he's saying this is the spirit of the Antichrist. And so he's saying, you know, these are the things you need to look out for. Remember, he'd already written the book of Revelation and he had seen all these visions of what was to come. And um, obviously the Antichrist was, was, was a very um, big, big thing in his mind. And so he is telling them, you know, be aware because I, the Lord told me that those things were coming and these are the signs. And um, the deceivers are, are one of those signs. And in verse 8, he says, Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. And uh, what does he mean by, you know, watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished? Well, what they had accomplished is that the gospel had spread throughout Asia Minor. Lots of people became believers. Churches were established. And now these false teachings were kind of putting all that in danger, right? People were falling away. Um, not following the truth that, that, that um, he and the other apostles had, had taught those believers. And in verse 9, it says, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. And um, again, there are some keywords here. The abide is mentioned a couple times. Um, means to stay, to remain. And then he says, in the teaching of Christ, that's mentioned several times. And if we do not abide in the teaching of Christ, that Jesus came in the flesh, that he became man and um, sinless, but man nonetheless, that he did what, what, what the scriptures say he did. If we don't abide in that teaching, um, we, 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 we may lose the full reward, he says, which I believe refer, you know, refers to what Jesus has done and our salvation and eternal life. And um, he says, those people who don't remain in the teaching do not have God. But then interesting enough, he said, but those who abide in that teaching, they have both the Father and the Son. So it's almost like he's saying, you know, you can't just have God. <laughs> um, you have to believe in Jesus as well. That is central to Christianity, is, is uh, believing in Jesus, that he came, that he says, who he says he is, and that he really did come in the flesh. Um, and so the question is, how did these false teachings even spread? Um, I thought um, it was really interesting to know that the customs back, um, it was custom back in the early church, um, that any Christian who was traveling, um, any preacher, any, any teacher, um, would end up staying in another believer's home. And, you know, you're probably thinking, well, didn't they have hotels or inns? They did. Uh, but first of, all, we can, first of all, we can assume that uh, those teachers or, or preachers, missionaries, as we would call them today, would not have had the money to stay in an inn. And the inns back then actually had a really bad reputation. They were not the safest place to stay. And so it was custom that believers would, would take them in. And... Um, Obviously, some of those preachers, travelers, um, you know, had taken on through their travels maybe some of those false teachings. And so there was danger that as they stayed at someone's home and maybe were speaking at, at that church or sharing at that church, that those false teachings um, would come in. And um, 
When I did a little bit of research, there's an early second century Christian document called the Didache, which stands for teaching. And um, it's, it's a book, kind of like a book that would be in the Bible that just kind of gives, gives the Christians um, and tells them what to do, what not to do, how to behave. And it says in there, now you should welcome anyone who comes your way and teaches you all we have been saying. But if the teacher proves himself a renegade and by teaching otherwise contradicts all this, pay no attention to him. Now about the apostles and prophets, act in line with the gospel precept. Welcome every apostle on arriving as if it were the Lord, but he must not stay beyond one day. In case of necessity, however, the next day too, if he stays three days, he's a false prophet. If he asks for money, he's a false prophet. And that can be found in the Didache 11, verses 1 through 6. six. And it's interesting because they're basically giving the believers, you know, who are supposed to take these people in, they're saying, you know, these are the warning signs. And signs. the first is, does the prophet tell the truth? You know, is he teaching what you have been taught from us or by us? Does he try to stay longer than a day or two? You know, then he's um, then you need to be weary of him. And does he ask for money? And so, um, the fact that they had to have these te teaching kind of shows that the early church were facing problems uh, when it came uh, came to traveling teachers. Not always, um, but sometimes. And um, you know, for our church, we have to do the same. We can't just let you know. Pastor Ben sometimes invites guest speakers, guest preachers, but there are people that he knows. He knows what they believe. He's, he's heard them. He, you know, he has tested them. And um, he wouldn't just let someone go up and preach and then go, oops, I, I didn't know that that's what they, what they believed. And so John is encouraging the believers then to, he said, you need to test them, you know, ask them questions before you let them in, before you allow them to share share with the other believers, because I'm sure that as these traveling missionaries came, there was excitement, right? They, um, they, they were sharing what God was doing in other parts of, of the world. Um, I oversee missions here at Northwest Church, and we have a missions council that meets once a month. And my favorite thing that we get to do is we get to hear from missionaries. Sometimes they're here in person and, and they share with us, you know, if they're on furlough or just visiting. Sometimes we do a Zoom meeting with them, a Zoom call, but we get to hear what God is doing. They're sharing um, what God is doing in Africa, in Asia, in South America, in Europe, wh wherever they, they may be living. And especially during um, these times of Corona and, um, and the pandemic, it's, it's exciting to hear that God is still moving and people are coming to Christ. And so I would think that, you know, there was excitement for them as well. But again, there's also danger. So we need to be aware, um, as did they. And um, that was really the, the two reasons that Paul, uh, John wrote this very short but, um, letter. But it, it had clear instructions. You know, first, love one another. You, have, you know, that's the commandment. Walk in that. Even with, with division and everything, you have to love one another. But then also be careful who you love, you know, who you bring into your home. And um, I, I, I just think that's, that's um, so neat in this letter. You know, for, um, there's really nothing in this letter that isn't already discussed in, in 1 John. 
um, but it, it's, it's more pointed because he's writing to a specific group for uh, just a small, for a small purpose. And at the end, he says, you know, I have so much more that I would like to write to you, but I'd rather come in person. You know, I, I, I want to share those things when I come, which is kind of how he ended um, first John as well. And then in the end, he says, the children of your chosen sister greet you. And um, again, it's probably one church greeting another church, a group of believers saying, hey, we're with you, we're praying for you, um, we love you. And um, I, um, yeah, I just, I, um, I, I love studying the word and, and, and this inductive method of really kind of digging in and, and finding out about um, the background, the keywords, studying those a little bit, um, really helps you get an understanding of, 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 uh, of a book or a passage or, or a letter. And um, I wanted to just briefly mention the, the Bible that I use. It's called the New Inductive Study Bible. And if, if you want a tool on how to, how to study, it is the NASB version, New American Standard um, NASB or NASB Bible, um, you know, which is the version that we use, that Pastor Ben uses when he preaches. It, it really kind of gives you some tools on how to study a book, um, gives you questions to ask, how to read it, what to look out for, and, um, and, and, and it really helps. So that's kind of all I had for today. I'm keeping it to, to half an hour. I'm going to um, finish with prayer here. Lord, I thank you again for your word. Lord, for even just this small book, Lord, this small letter that could be could seem so insignificant, Lord John, writing to someone that 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 we don't know, Lord, but every every letter in in your precious book is special because there are things in there that were meant for a recipient back then, but that apply to us today, Lord. And and I just pray that as we go into our day, Lord, that you would make your word alive in us, Lord, that you would remind us of, of how to love each other, Lord, that love should be our motive. Lord, that if we um, have love as our motive, that obedience comes easy, Lord, doing what you're asking us to do and, and um, treating people kindly and um, even when there is division, Lord. And in this politically charged time, Lord, um, um, and with the, with the pandemic, Lord, there is so much division, Lord. So teach us how we, how we can love, Lord, how, how we can love each other despite our differences, Lord. And so we just thank you for this, for this time, and we, we, we bless you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. While there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.